0: Hello and welcome to Dig Deep, a podcast about sport, faith, and life. I'm Brian Bolt, kinesiology professor and men's golf coach at Calvin College. And I'm Chad Carlson, assistant men's basketball coach and professor of kinesiology at
1: Hope College. We're here to talk about current events and topics in the sport world. and We'll do that using our combined experiences. We're athletes, educators, coaches, and dads. But
0: also we'll lean on the the knowledge of key voices in our faith community. Chad and I both love sports, and we also know that we're loved by God, and we try to live thankfully in that love when we participate in and think about sports. Each podcast will be different, but what we can promise is that we'll come to the conversation prayerfully, encouraging and engaging believers and skeptics alike. Some people love sports, some hate them, and some try to tolerate them. For all who tune in, we thank you, and we invite you to dig deep with us.
1: So let's get started. We're here in large part as uh, part of the work that we're doing with the t- 2019 Second Global Congress on Sport and Christianity. This will be hosted in Grand Rapids, Michigan, the, the, in the United States, on the campus of Calvin College. This is a conference where people will come together to be able to share ideas on sport and faith.
0: And I think, um it builds off the momentum of the first or the inaugural congress which happened back in the fall of 2016 uh, and it happened in york england this is a global congress and what was so exciting about that first uh, congress was that there were 23 different nations represented in the people that were there and there were a wide variety of different participants so there were academics and there were coaches athletes clergy Anyone that had some level of interest in sport participated in the Congress and it turned into a very rich conversation.
1: One of the things that oftentimes happens is that we live our lives as Christians within our own group of Christians and that would be potentially denominational or church-based or among others like us if it's in a professional setting. This Congress is, and the inaugural one was, an opportunity for us to come together across some of those inter-Christian boundaries it was ecumenical it was it was including Mm -hmm. different people of different occupations
0: you know i'm almost uh, i'm almost a little nervous about this second congress because that first one was so great right it was everyone um really enjoyed tony campolo you know he led off the congress and uh got he, he tony brings a ton of energy and so the room sort of lit up when he walked in and he really engaged people and then i think everyone was willing to participate in the conversation everyone felt comfortable enough to do that which was great and then all of the keynotes after that really sort of built on that energy and continued to sort of push us uh, further ahead in our understanding of sport and uh, the different perspectives we could bring to it all of us come with uh, you know our own experiences we've all participated in sport maybe we work in sport chad and i both make our living in sport and so it's easy for us to get caught sort of just going through the motions. And a con- a conference like this gives us an opportunity to look back at some of the things that we've done, but also look ahead and start making some changes that might affect the cultures where we work, and we're pretty excited about that. So the
1: conference is driven in large <clears throat> part by keynote speakers. And you mentioned Tony Campolo. I mean yeah. the guy was amazing, you know, he got such a resume. He's worked with American presidents, he's written books, he's a professor, he was an athlete at one point in time. And he just helped us to sort of break down any walls we might have between, you know, Americans and and, and Brits or those from other countries or those from different, uh, you know, different sects of the American faith, of of the Christian faith, excuse me. And so that's one thing that we're really looking forward to at the second Global Congress on Supporting Christianity is the lineup of keynote speakers that we feel, at least right now, who we have lined up is going to be really exciting and really helpful to those that want to come and listen and be part of the conversation.
0: Yeah, and I want to talk about those speakers, but I, if, I feel like we've forgotten already at this point to just kind of nail down some of the details. This is this Congress is set for 2019 in October, October 23 through 27, and it'll be from a Wednesday to a Sunday morning. There'll be a worship service on Sunday morning. Uh, so it's a little ways away, but we're using this podcast as an opportunity to sort of get our minds ready Uh, for that Congress and to try to get other people excited about this possibility and and one of the things that we uh, Chad started talking about was this uh, lineup of speakers and we're pretty excited about all all of them I think it's actually a really interesting mix of people we're actually adding a few more uh, over the next couple months but right now I'd like to talk about just a few I mean one that I'm really excited about he's He's actually a friend of mine uh, on some level. I've heard him speak on a number of occasions, and that's Gary Thomas. Gary Thomas is an evangelical speaker and author, uh, mostly in the United States, but he's traveled around the world. He's a very prolific author. If you've followed him before, he has written probably his most famous series of books have to do with marriage, uh, sacred marriage. Uh, At the same time, he has... um, Really brought in a deep understanding of the Christian classics. And it's very interesting that how he goes back into church history and makes some of those classic voices come alive. What really excites me is that a few years ago, Gary wrote a book called Everybody Matters. And I said that particularly in that way Everybody Matters, Everybody Matters. And he turned his really sharp intellect on this whole field of health, physical activity embodiment, how we carry ourselves, body image, and exercise. It was a fascinating book and now Gary has decided that for this Congress he's gonna turn his attention to sport and I'm really excited to hear what he has to say.
1: You know Gary has such great ideas but he's also a, a real person and so much of that comes through in what he writes and how he speaks yeah. and he's, uh-huh. you know, he, he's, he's like you and I and, uh, and so we're really excited about that. One of the keynoters that I'm really excited about is Jessica Keating. She comes to us from from Notre Dame, and uh, she's the director of the Office of Human Dignity and Life Initiatives. This is such a cool connection. Uh, Faith, human dignity issues, life initiative issues, and and Jessica's a sports fan. She's written on on baseball, among other things. We're so excited to hear her come speak to us from a university that's so central to our understanding of, of Christianity around the world.
0: I think that's going to be a fascinating talk because she's going to talk about how sport integrates with families and um, I see that work out day to day with Amber Warners because I know her family uh, and I know how she balances her family and the sport that they are involved in with her own role and her role is quite prominent. She's actually a Division Three volleyball coach with over 500 victories and three national championships. I don't know of many other coaches that have been as successful on the court as Amber, nor do I know anyone that is as successful at setting a culture of Christian engagement within her sport. I think Amber is a master at it. It'll be fascinating to hear her reflect on that challenge of balancing sport excellence, and maybe not even balancing, on on pursuing sport excellence within this idea of Christianity and Christian faith. I'm pretty excited about that one.
1: Amber's done that so well. As as a coach, I'm excited to hear what she has to say. I'm also excited about Miroslav Volf, who's a Croatian oh, big name. theologian, a big name, a guy mm-hmm. from Croatia that now works at the Yale Center for Faith and Culture, who has published prolifically and is such a well-respected scholar in the area of theology.
0: That'll be exciting. I, I think... Um, one of the things that we loved about the last conference was the number of people that came from different countries and the variety of perspectives on sport just by the location you're coming from and the kind of work that you do. We have uh, Dr. Tenyeko Malulek, who is uh, a theologian from South Africa, and he's going to be a keynote uh, speaker at our conference. Excited to hear him talk about Christianity and sport in the global south. A a group of people that um, we may not interact with all the time, but at the same time, we have so much uh, to learn from them about how sport is employed, how sport is played, how sport uh, affects the culture, and how the culture also brings uh, influence onto the world of sport. Very excited about him. And we saw this specifically in 2010 when South Africa hosted the World Cup. That was awesome. Dr. Mellow Lake
1: was featured prominently. Some of his views uh, were, were disseminated in, in wide ways regarding he's sport He's very much a
0: public theologian who has thought deeply about a lot of different subjects, and now he's going to bring his attention to sport, which is uh, very exciting for us.
1: It's going to be great. The next one I'm excited about is Dr. Scott Kretschmar from Penn State University. Dr. Kretschmar is a professor emeritus at Penn State, a sport philosopher who has published prominently and is well-known around the world in sport philosophy circles. Someone who, now in his retirement, has taken up preaching. This is a well-known person. You know, I did
0: not know that. He has taken up preaching. Yes,
1: he has. That's that's a hobby for him right now. Not only is he this well-known and prolific scholar, but a guy that just
0: enjoys diving into the Word. I would go to that church. That would be fantastic. Um, I have heard... Uh, Professor Kretschmar speak many times, but I've been certainly more influenced by what he's written. And his ability to unpack an issue and break it apart and provide a very clear perspective on how faith and sport connect, I'm really excited about that. He's going to speak directly about uh, a particular issue. And that issue, I think, um, continues to show up in the news, sadly. This is... He's from Penn State, and Penn State's issue uh, happened a number of years ago regarding Joe Paterno and the football program and all the different elements that that played into that tragedy and that scandal. The same thing has played out, or similar things have played out at other universities now. This is a lesson that it doesn't seem that our culture is fully learning, and it's something that I think we need to spend more time considering how sport, how the the way that we do sport played a role in things going going wrong. Um, I'm really excited to hear that. Scott is, is a terrific scholar of competition, and so it's gonna be fantastic to hear him talk about sort of the elements of competition, how all of that comes together, and how there are great benefits and potential pitfalls from, from this world of competition. Sure. One of the other exciting ones, and I don't even know if you could call any one of these a feature, but Loretta Claiborne is incredibly well-known and a dynamic speaker on the world stage. If you don't know Loretta Claiborne, she is a famous athlete. She's a marathon runner, and she's a special Olympian. She has been, uh, she's been on the Oprah show. I mean, I, I've never been on Oprah before. That means she's a big deal. That makes her a big deal and uh, we're excited that she's going to come to this conference and talk to us about uh, her experiences and bring her perspective on what sport has meant to her in her life.
1: We're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to Dr. Fred Johnson from Hope College coming to speak to us from the History Department. Dr. Johnson is also a prolific author and a very well-respected public speaker. This is a guy who outside of studying history which we oftentimes see as maybe a little bit stuffier uh, a little bit more pedantic where we're we're, we're digging deep
0: history yeah into, yeah you know Ugh,
1: it's really? not right it's not always something that popular audiences care about but dr johnson does that he also unusually has a special talent where he has been among the world champions in terms of a master of ceremonies competition did you even know that existed Wait a minute, like a wedding
0: master of ceremonies? Like a
1: master of ceremonies, exactly like that type of thing. Someone who can just and there are competitions yeah, for master of ceremony for who can do the best job of, of basically, you know, lighting up a room and keeping an audience. And you gotta be from kidding! To the next. So how do you,
0: how do you uh, judge that? Do you I, have do you have a panel? How's it how does that work? If I knew more, I would tell you more. <laughs> but I tell you, he can. He can speak, the guy can talk. Can I get a scholarship in Master of Ceremonies? Not yet, but I suppose that might be coming down the line. Alright, so that will be very interesting. Obviously a guy that's paid to talk, and it'll be fa- fascinating for us, even though uh, we don't always talk perfectly. It'll be fascinating for us to be able to hear from him, and to... Uh, I think I think the historical perspective that he'll bring will add a deepness and a richness to this conference, and. So much of what we study in terms of Christianity is fairly fresh as it relates to sport. When we look back over time, the church has had really a love-hate relationship with sport. It'll, it's fascinating for us to go back and look at that, but also to try to apply some of those lessons to today.
1: Sure. And I think we have, uh, we have another set of speakers here, keynote speakers, who have done a great job of applying lessons to us being able to live out our faith in a sporting context. And that's Nick Watson and Andrew Parker. Oh, Nick, yep. And I think this this set of guys has done so much for the field so far. They're in some sense like the godfathers of all this. They were they the really ones are. that created the inaugural Global Congress on Sport and Christianity. And we're going to get to hear from them as they speak about the field, the trends that have occurred, the trends that they see happening in the future too.
0: And what I love about those guys is that this... Congress, which was birthed really out of their brains, uh, really was a work of the spirit. These two are faithful men. These two are prayerful men. And because of their love for sport, they were led to open this Congress. And now we have the privilege of picking it up and taking it taking the baton to the next station. We're excited about what was done. We're just uh, really in anticipation of what's going to happen next. I'm ready to go Chad are you ready to go?
1: I am too and yet we got 20 months to wait yet. oh boy that could months. be a while but there's plenty of work to do and that's the exciting piece that this is this so is what are we Congress. gonna do in between yeah well we're trying to promote who this is for you know we hear about all these great speakers you know you and I are, are are super excited and we think there's a lot of people that could be really energized
0: by an event like this so something has to fill our time though right uh, you know, I have golf season coming up. That's going to take a little bit of my time. But on Sunday night, of course, I flipped on the Oscars. And I don't know if anyone out there watched the Oscars. I only saw different sections of it. But my ears perked up when a sport movie, first of all, Kobe Bryant won one. Did you know that? Yes, I did. Kobe Bryant cool. won an Oscar for his shorts, The not his shorts that he wears, the, the short animated film. short film. Which I've seen, which is which is really good. Dear basketball. Uh, I also thought a lot of the other shorts films were terrific. Uh, short films were terrific. So I was a little surprised that he won, but he did. Another sport film came up, sort of sport film, and it was I Tanya. Yeah. Do you right? Do you, have you seen I Tanya? I haven't seen the movie. I feel no, I haven't like seen I know the either. story so well though. What what do you know about that story?
1: You know, this was something that that um, just sort of captured, captivated the American public, but certainly the, the sport world around the uh, around the globe.
0: So tell people, what, what was happening in I, Tanya, and who is Tanya?
1: Sure. So we have Tanya Harding, who was this well-known American skater. She was the 1991 national champion. She was an Olympian in 1992. And we come up to the 1994 U.S. figure skating trials. Tanya Harding is one of the favorites, but she's sort of been in some sense eclipsed in the previous two or three years by nancy kerrigan who is like her and that she's a good skater but very much unlike her in a lot of other attributes so we have these two skaters that are rivals in some sense we have the one tanya harding who came from a very low class background from the west coast and you know grew up skating at a rink that was in the middle of a mall i mean this is as low class skating yeah. as you can get but she had such athleticism and such a drive she was really a tomboy on the ice not something that judges in figure skating oftentimes deem worthy of points. And on the other hand, we have Nancy Kerrigan. East Coast very much had this this wonderful photogenic smile. She was getting the endorsements. She was. she was the one that the public loved. And so there
0: was a little bit of tension between those two. So you have these two sport rivals, but not. we don't always make movies about sport rivals. Something obviously happened. Well, that, that caused us to make a movie many, many years later. What? Uh, tell us about that. That's what's unusual about this. That
1: you know, we have when we have rivalries. You know, you and I are from rival schools, and yeah. sometimes certainly we have these thoughts about our rivals that aren't. You don't have or them, accurate. do you? No, I was talking about you.
0: Oh, okay. Fair, fair enough. Like yes.
1: Yeah. The idea is though that we oftentimes don't act on our thoughts or feelings towards our rivals. In this circumstance, they took it a step farther. So Tanya Harding, who was married at the time in the lead up to the 1994 U.S. figure skating trials and Olympics, her husband hired a hitman. Her husband and her husband's friend, who was acting as Tanya's bodyguard, hired two guys to hurt Nancy Kerrigan and therefore take her
0: out of figure skating competition. And so this was directly connected to sport, really, because Tanya Harding was getting ready for the Olympic Games, and so was Nancy Kerrigan. And when you say Hitman, we start thinking about the possibility of of really untoward things like murder, right? And it turns out that she really wasn't interested in murder. She was more interested in winning. She was more interested in actually taking out one of her competitors, partially to win, but also maybe it was something about this particular competitor that was just, So profoundly altering that it caused her to act on something that she was thinking probably really deep inside. Right. Right. And what this thing, this thing that sort of gnaws at all of us, especially, and sport seems to bubble it up out of us, is envy. Right. Envy. I mean, envy is one of the deadly sins, right? There's, sure. there's seven deadly sins and envy is one of them. And the Bible talks about envy all the time. It kind of mixes envy with covetousness, yeah. uh, this idea. And, and coveting is one of the Ten Commandments. Sure. Thou shalt not covet. When somebody has something that we desperately want, we envy them for it. And it can change our minds. It can change our hearts. And in this case... It affected really Tanya Harding's future, really for the rest of her life. She is known for that one single act.
1: Right. She was proverbially green with envy, as we say. Yeah. And so in sport, so often, the ways that we find to win don't go down that route. If we want to win, we usually say, what can I do to be better than my opponent? And so rarely do we say, what can I do to knock my opponent down physically? Right. However, envy in sport plays itself out in that way, too, where so often we say, well, what can I do to make my opponent worse? It just often doesn't come down to physically harming my opponent.
0: But it seems like we're playing with fire with sport, right? We're putting ourselves in a position where we want something desperately, but there's a person directly across from us that wants the exact same thing, and there's only one. We can't both have it. And so we voluntarily enter into this situation knowing that we're gonna be potentially resentful of the other side. How, how do you handle that as a competitor? How do you deal with this idea? Because we know in our hearts, right? God tells us to love one another. How can I then suspend that thought in order to compete? How can I give myself an opportunity to go for the prize without building up or harboring that amount of envy in my heart. You got any thoughts?
1: Well, they come from one of our keynote speakers, Scott Kretschmar, who says that sport has the character uh, of a zero-sum activity. The idea that there is one thing, and if we have a winner, someone that goes above that line, we also have a loser, therefore. So necessarily Every time. Every time that happens. Yeah. And so when we're engaging in sport, in some sense, we're engaging in an activity where We are trying to win to obtain that prize or that victory or that status at the expense of somebody else who then necessarily will not have it. And so that
0: creates some difficult feelings, some tensions. But I think Scott Kretschmar also says that it's in many ways it's time-bound. In other words, when we play sport, we play for a winner or or for the prize, and there's a winner and there's a loser, and there's an aspect of it that's zero-sum, which means I get it all and you get nothing or vice versa. But there's also a whole nother aspect which has to do with just the repetitiveness of sport. Mm. If we play today and I win and you lose, I don't get to walk away and say I'm never playing again. I am therefore now the victor for the rest of my life and you are forever, as much as I'm enjoying saying this out loud, you're forever the loser, Chad. (laughs) Uh, I, I can't say that and nor do you take it that way, right? You as soon as you lose. You're in sport especially because it kind of operates in its own sub sub universe right it operates just a slightly outside of reality
1: mm-hmm.
0: you have an opportunity to then kind of gather yourself again and strategically think about how the next time you might win and and change change the outcome right
1: the real redemptive value of sport crutchmar says is that we get to play again tomorrow yeah and while little kids who compete against each other and cry when they lose may not realize that hey i will get a chance to play again we as adults do and that's something that should be front and center here that the beauty of sport is that we can do it again so when you and i are playing a sport recreationally against each other we have that opportunity at no point will it be our absolute last match unless we both decide that's going to be the case and that robs us of some of the joy of sport of competing against each other
0: and so as as christians i do think it helps for us to understand this, right? It helps for us to understand that our hearts can lead us in a direction that is not good for us or good for others, and envy may be the result. There is, I know that when I've played, I have played out of anger before. I have played out of resentfulness and I've played out of envy. Did but, you play better then? You know, <laughs> I would have to say that doesn't help. It doesn't help. It doesn't help, uh, and you know, it. It's also true that there have been times that I've been able to uh, recognize that feeling and work against it. In other words, try to apply virtue against and the vice of envy. And in doing so, you don't really lose the desire to win. You, instead, you redirect it and you find a way to engage in sport where uh, you're able to separate that action from uh, taking root in your heart. And I think that that is one of the things that when we think about sport, it's it's helpful from a Christian perspective to be able to understand built into competition are some minefields. And because mm-hmm. those minefields are there, it's better for us to understand them and not just to cover them with sort of a band-aid of you know, I don't want to win. Mm-hmm. The truth is, we do. Mm-hmm. We want to win. We might, we ought to go ahead and admit that. Whether you're a Christian or not, we know that there's one prize and that prize is valuable. And so in sport, we need to find a way to sort of sort out and think through if I want that prize and somebody else wants that prize, how do I do that in a way that doesn't sacrifice uh, really my own personal integrity and my faith? Right.
1: It, It would be far too simple to be able to say, hey, winning isn't all that important, nor should it be as uh, an entryway into discussing sport and faith which we'll do plenty of between now right. and october 2019 but that that doesn't get at our hearts our desires are there to win and as kretschmar also says if we don't if we don't try to win games devolve into something that they're not meant to be and it, it ends up being a waste of time and maybe you've been around someone who just trifles in a game you're trying to play a board right, game right your opponent doesn't care about winning it doesn't become a good experience. kind
0: of takes the fun out of it, it takes the fun
1: out of it, exactly we just when there's where there's not the same goal for both competitors but I think what you're saying and what I'm hearing you saying is that we need to check our hearts when we enter the gym when we enter the field whatever it might be knowing that wanting to win is okay but wanting to win and being jealous of our competitors or hating our competitors or wanting revenge or
0: wanting bad things to happen to them is not okay it, it, it isn't. And as we kind of wrap up this conversation, one thing I, I want to make clear is that Tanya Harding's heart is a lot like ours. Sure.
1: I'm no different.
0: We're all the same and we're all lent to this possibility that sin will take over any aspect of our life. And that one of those things might be sport. And in this case, Tanya did it in such a uh, significantly popular way, right, that everybody could see that it has become, she's sort of become branded mm-hmm. by this one action. You know, we we would kind of hope for her redemption just like anyone else's. Mm-hmm. And in sport, we don't try to make heroes out of some and villains out of others or saints out of some and sinners out of others. We recognize really as Christians that we're all, we all fall short and we all need Jesus Christ to invade our lives. And sport is one of those places that sometimes we want to pull away and not think about that, but... There's great richness when we add our faith in with all aspects of our lives, including sport. And that kind of brings us to this conference again, this opportunity. You know, we didn't set out to have this conversation about uh, Scott Kretchmar's work. In fact, it turns out he's uh, one of the keynote speakers for this Congress. That's just a taste of where he might go, right? He's been so prolific, and we're excited to kind of hear him apply some of his knowledge and and history to the the scandal at penn state at the con- at the congress so we
1: have an idea of where some of these keynote speakers are going to go with some of their talks and so many of them have published or or spoken about or written on such wonderfully broad topics that we're really excited about all that but we also have these parallel sessions this isn't just a conference right. where you're going to come and listen we're we're offering the opportunity for anyone interested to Submit an abstract that we would evaluate for potentially speaking in a shorter session we have these 20 minutes parallel sessions that we're going to run where we want people coming to speak to share their ideas maybe it's research you've done maybe it's a group that you're a part of maybe it's sharing ideas in a a panel setting we have opportunities for so many people to be able to come to this conference and share what they know to engage in the conversation so it's not just one-sided.
0: You know, and I've, I've stood in front of people and talked before, and uh, I've done it for a number of years, and each time it's just frightening. I'll just <laughs> admit that right from the start. It's just difficult to do, and what I want to make clear is that even if you haven't done a lot of speaking in front of people, this is as open a possibility as, we can, uh, as you can imagine. So this is a very generous group of people will come, And at the same time, we wanna get people that maybe don't speak in front of people all the time, but engage in sport. And so coaches, if they have particular perspectives that they'd like to share, we'd love to have coaches submit, administrators who make their living kind of making decisions in sport and thinking through Christian concepts and principles, Uh, pastors, leaders, uh, Young Life, uh, parachurch organizations, all of these different groups engage with the sport in their own particular way and and we encourage everyone that has something to say to submit Uh, you'll be able to do that when we get later in the year we'll uh, open up on the website an opportunity for you to turn in a uh, a proposal and if you uh, have any questions about that you can always contact Chad or I.
1: This is one of the really cool things about a congress like this it's not just an academic conference it is and that there will be academic-minded people there but it's for the practitioners as well to be able to come and present the work that they're doing the experiences that they've had and it's for individual people people who engage in sport and faith in their lives through their kids through their own athletic experiences coaches teachers administrators this is for everyone
0: So to wrap this up, I'm going to try to get the website right, so you're going to have to help me if I don't get it right. So uh, currently, if you want to try to get to this website, you begin by going to calvin.edu slash events slash two, the number two, G-C-S-C. Two-G-C-S-C. And you'll be able to take a look at what we have so far. Much more will uh, take place over the next several months, but right now you can see most of these keynote uh, speakers that we've talked about and get a general idea of how this Congress will uh, take place in October 2019.
1: We're certainly looking forward to it. We hope that you have some interest too. If you do, please reach out, contact us, and we'll be happy to answer
0: any questions we can. So for now, uh, we'd like to sign off, but we're also inviting you to listen again to the next episode of Dig Deep. Thanks very much for uh, listening. And if you have any questions or concerns, uh, Chad and I were happy would be happy to respond to you by email. Thanks very much.